Good to see you guys. Man, I'm overwhelmed. All the pews are full tonight, and it's just incredible. Praise, praise the Lord. Hey, I can speak by faith, amen, not by sight. <laughs> hey, thank you all for being back tonight. I love you. I appreciate you so much. Uh, it was a great day to spend with our missionary, Brother Matt, and his uh, beautiful wife, Randy. Uh, we appreciate them coming and being in service with us this morning. Got to go hang out with them and have lunch with them. And just what a neat couple. Uh, what great, great children they have. Uh, they had four little girls. And uh, they, they spent the entire time while we were having lunch together reading a book. Uh, these little girls did. I've never been around preacher's kids or missionary kids or deacon kids, okay? Deacon, deacon kids. There's one of them. There's the byproduct sitting right back there. <laughs> Some of the roughest, rowdiest bunch you'll ever... These little kids were different. I don't know. They must get a beating every day whether they need it or not. And so uh, they were good. They were good. They were good. I loved having them, but man, I'm, I'm excited to be able to preach tonight. Uh, so I didn't get to preach this morning, and so that means y'all get a double dose tonight, right? And so we're ready to have church, though. You guys ready to get on your feet? Amen. Let's pray. Let's welcome the Lord. Oh, yeah, we better do one then. They're waving a flag at me. Uh, ushers, come on tonight. Prepare yourselves. Let's bless this and we're going to worship the Lord. Father, we love you. You're an amazing, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good God. And Lord, we thank you tonight for who you are and what you're doing. We ask you to flood this room with the power of your person. And God, I pray right now that you would just come in might and authority. Bless the offering tonight, God. May it be uh, blessed for your intended purpose. And, and God, we just thank you for, for all that you're doing in these last days. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. There's a blessed time that's coming, coming soon. It may be evening, morning,
Open your mouth and give Him praise tonight. Bless your name, O oh God. Bless your name, O oh God. We'll not grow weary, Lord. God, we'll not become discouraged. We'll not be downtrodden, Lord. Thank you for encouraging us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the encouragement, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. You edify, you encourage, you build up. Oh, and you know us by name. You know us by name. As we begin to sing that last worship song, it's a very powerful song, and I. I love it, please don't misunderstand me, but for once my attention wasn't necessarily on the song, but it was on the picture that they used behind the song. Such an infinite God. You know, the Bible says that He knows, he knows every one of them by name. He knows every star in the universe, Robin. He knows the 
and he knows us. And the same God who hangs those stars in place, the, the same God who is so ginormous, that's probably not a proper word, but it is right now. He's so big. He's so infinite. A God who knows the stars knows you. He knows me. He knows us. And He wants us encouraged. I'm so thankful that He wants us built up and not tore down. Oh, He corrects us when we need it. Do not be mistaken. But He wants your head held high. He says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. His peculiar people. Special. Unique. Called out of darkness into light. For His namesake. Not ours. Would you join me one more time and give this ginormous, infinite God the best worship that you have tonight. Come on. Just from your heart and your voice. Lord, bless your name. God, we praise your name. God, we exalt you together in this room. We magnify you. God, we exalt you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, that you know us the way that you do. Thank you, Lord, for the the intimate relationship we can have with you. And God, that you know us from the inside to the outside. You know our heart, God. Lord, we bless your name. We praise your name. We exalt the mighty name of Jesus. Bless you, Lord. And praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Would you join me tonight in giving him a hand clap of worship, please? Amen. Amen. Turn to give someone a smile, a hug, a handshake. Let them know you're glad to see them tonight, please. then. Hey, I bet it'll work now. Look at there. Okay, so I'll start all over again and I'll <laughs> rewind. I couldn't remember what I said. Uh, anyway, uh, please, please make it a matter of prayer. 
uh, over the ballots as you, as you fill them out and turn them back in. Um, as, as most of you know, uh, our deacons, uh, we adopted uh, a resolution to our local constitution and bylaws several years ago uh, where we have term limits for our deacons. Uh, they serve a set period of time and then they uh, set off for a time period of one year. We have two uh, men who have served their time period. That's Brother Allen, Brother Rick. Man, I love you guys. You've been, you've been such support for your pastor and uh, you're, you're armor bearers and I appreciate you. Yeah, give them a hand clap, please. I love those guys. Um, their, their time, their term on the, the board has, has came off, and it's not like they're excited. I mean, they did somersaults whenever it happened, but uh, they're, they're a little excited. Uh, quite honestly, I think it's one of the, the best things we've ever done uh, as a church, and, and my personal opinion is uh, all Assembly of God churches probably ought to consider that as an amendment. Uh, it's healthy for the, for the deacons after they've served that time to be able to set off and refresh. It's healthy for the board to always have uh, new fresh ideas coming in. And so uh, we appreciate uh, the, the church and, and that, that amendment to our bylaws. I think it's really a good thing. Um, also, uh, we're uh, voting on the office of uh, secretary of the board. Brother Bobby's been serving in that capacity, uh, been doing an outstanding job. Uh, there are no term limits for a secretary, and so if the, uh, the church should decide to, to appoint Brother Bobby back. And, and the reason I'm saying all this tonight uh, about the nominating ballot is it's a ballot. And so if we have a simple two-thirds majority uh, in that nominating ballot, then an election is declared. And so that's why it's important to pray over it. That's why it's important to, uh, to, to fill it out and, and turn it back in and, and make sure that you're part of the, the voting process. Brother Ron's on the information booth tonight, and he has ballots if you haven't received yours yet. He also has the tithing records for the year. If you haven't picked yours up yet, uh, you can drop by the information booth and say, Hey, Brother Ron, I need to know how I blessed the, the kingdom of heaven this year, how I was involved, and, and uh, you can pick up your tithing record there. A lot of good stuff going on Tuesday night, uh, heart to heart. I want to invite all the ladies to come out and be a part of that. We'll be back in the fellowship hall, and uh, some of us guys may crash the party because there's going to be... No, what, what do you mean no? What, you, what? <sighs> Will you bring me home some dessert anyway? If there's any left. Okay, all right, all right. Anyway, ladies, I want to invite all the girls out to be a part of that. It'll be a great time in the Lord. And uh, always good uh, fellowship and, and a good word. And so you guys come uh, and be a part of that. How many of you uh, know your pastor, or at least think you do a little bit? How many of you know what happens when your pastor doesn't get to preach on Sunday morning? <laughs> I, as I said earlier, I, I appreciate the McCumber family. I appreciate them coming and ministering. Uh, but man, I'm hungry to preach tonight, you guys. Uh, there, there's something stirring inside of me. And, and I, uh, th there's been this freedom and this liberty uh, for some time now to preach the Word of God. And I so appreciate that. And I, I so appreciate the Holy Spirit and allowing us to, to speak truth and love. And so uh, you know your pastor's heart. We're going to worship the Lord one more time before we go to Him in this Word. And so right there where you're at, would you lift your voice with me, please, all across this room. Father, we love you. We bless you, we praise you, we thank you again for the opportunity to be in your house. Uh, we, we're thankful tonight, God, for, for your word and how it, it charges and changes and challenges us. God, have your way and be glorified tonight in this room that your name may be exalted. I love you and I praise you. Amen and amen. Let's give him another hand clap if you wouldn't mind together, please. 
I'm thankful tonight for this incredible life that God has blessed us with. How many would agree on that foundational statement tonight, if nothing else? Thank God for the life that He's blessed us with. I I believe that we're especially blessed as Americans uh, with the life that He has blessed us with. I, I, I look around at the world we're living in, and, and, and I've traveled a little bit. I haven't traveled extensively as, as some people have, but I've, I've had the opportunity through work and, and through leisure uh, to, to be able to travel and see different parts of the world. And, and I can tell you on my own personal opinion from going overseas to being at different places and, and seeing different people in their lifestyles, we as Americans are blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed as, as citizens of the United States of America. Uh, In many other countries, they could only dream of or imagine what it would be like to be able to do what you're doing right now at this moment. What are you talking about, Pastor? They can only dream of or imagine what it would be like together in a church service and worship God to own a Bible, to be able to lift their hands and say, I love you, Jesus. In, In many places, that's against the law to worship God. In America, we can worship any way we want to. We can worship on any day we want to. We can worship in any location we want to. We can have Bibles. In fact, we can have several Bibles. Uh, We we can serve God in the way that we believe is the right way to serve God. We're blessed as Americans. How many would agree with that? I, I believe in many places they have to do that in hiding, but we get to do it in the open. Uh, In America, we have access to hospitals and to medication. In America, we have a a political system that that works most of the time, regardless of how messed up we may think it is at the moment. Uh, Listen, you compare the political system of the United States of America to someplace like Venezuela, and friend, you'll find out right quick that, that we've got it pretty good, really. Now, I know that there's some goofballs. I know there's some crazy things that are going on. But the fact of the matter is, what we have is better than anything else in the world right now. Uh, We're so blessed as Americans, in fact, that year after year, people will leave their home country and come to America, come to the United States of America, looking for a better life. How many understand that tonight? In fact, this good old nation that we believe so strongly in was founded by a bunch of people who left their home country to come to America looking for a better life. Uh, I'm thankful to be a part of those people who who generations ago left where they were at to come to the United States of America. How many are grateful for that tonight? Church, I want you to hear me very plain and very clear. I believe tonight that we have an opportunity to a better life and we never have to leave our home country to receive that better life. How many understand that? No, I'm not talking about a better political system. No, I'm not talking about a different government. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. See, I believe that in Him, through Him, and from Him, He's the reason that we can have a better life today. How many would agree with your pastor tonight? The reason he left the glories of heaven and came to this whole earth that he created was to bring you and to bring me a better life. He's a true life giver. Uh, We can go from a life of just barely getting by. We can go from a life of pain and turmoil. We can go from a life of suffering and doing without. We can go to a life of greater thing, more than above average. We can go to a life of abundance through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ tonight. I'm thankful tonight Jesus Christ came to increase the quality of life for you and the quality of life for me. 
Now hear your pastor's heart tonight. I don't believe our quality of life is considered by the house we live in or the vehicle we drive or the amount of money we got in the bank. My quality of life is not determined by what I have or what I don't have. But my quality of life is determined by Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. And if your life is just moldrum, if your life is just humdrum, if your life is just going through the motions, then I've come by the power of the Holy Spirit to tell you tonight, it's time to increase the quality of your life. Find your Bibles if you would please. We're going to the book of John tonight. I want to talk to you about it getting gooder. Increasing the quality of life. Poke your neighbor and tell him it's about to get good up in here. Poke your neighbor and ask him, are you alive? Is there a pulse? John chapter 10, verse 10. I want to begin right there. Jesus says that there's a thief that doesn't come to do anything except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he didn't end there, did he? Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God, for the the stirring and the unction to minister and preach your word. God, I pray that hearts and ears will be opened and enlightened. I pray, God, that we'll be kindled, our our flame will be increased and, and stirred in this room tonight. God, take us from where we're at to where you want us to be. God, a higher quality of life because of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you tonight. And we ask it all in the strong, anointed name of Jesus. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Let's give him one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. Hallelujah. How many would agree tonight when I say the God we believe in and serve is the God of better things? He's the God of better things, church. He's the God of more than. And He's the God of abundance tonight. Jesus says that there's this thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He comes to make your life worse. How many get it tonight that if, if somebody's robbing you, if somebody's destroying you, if, if somebody's killing you, then, then he's not increasing your life, but he's taking your life the other direction. He's taking your life down. So the work of the enemy of our soul is to decrease life. But the work of Jesus, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Come on. He said, I came to pick your life up, not turn your life down. Now, now let's get down to the nitty gritty. The Greek word that Jesus uses here in John 10 and 10 for the word abundance is a word called parisos. The literal translation of the word parisos means this. It's to have superabundance, excessive, overflow, surplus, above and beyond, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. Now, I don't know about you, but that sure sounds like a life of more than to me. I believe in a God of more than tonight. How about you? And I believe He came to make our lives a life of more than tonight. How about you? See, the truth is is that everything that Jesus Christ came into contact with was made better because of His touch upon it, right? When he touched those blinded eyes, the quality of those eyes increased and they went from blind to now being able to see. 
When he touched the leper, the quality of their life was increased and they went from having the plague of their day to now being cleansed and made brand new. When he touched that dead body, the quality of the life was increased and they got up and started walking around again. Everything Jesus touched was made better because of his touch being on it. And I'll submit to you tonight, this old preacher man standing in front of you tonight is a life that was made better because of the touch of Jesus Christ on it. I was a sinner. I was on my way to an eternity in a devil's hell, but he picked me up. He brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and he made me a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. He made my life better. And I submit it just keeps getting better every day with the Lord. The truth is when Jesus gets a hold of something, he ain't going to do nothing but make it better. I've shared with y'all a story before about a, a fellow that I used to work with many, many years ago at Dresseran. We clocked in and out about the same time every day, and, and every day I'd see him and I'd say, Hey, Bill, how you doing today? And every time I asked him that question, it didn't matter if it was pouring down rain or if the, the sun was shining and all the bluebirds were singing zippity doo dah day. Bill, how you doing today? And he'd look me in the eye and he'd say, it don't get no better than this because they won't let it. Every time I would ask him, Bill, how you doing today? It don't get no better than this. They won't let it. Bill, how you doing today? It don't get no better than this. They won't let it. I never really got into a deep conversation with him because he was so optimistic on life, you know? I don't know if he hated life. I don't know if he hated his wife. I don't know if she hated him. You know, if we went home and, and she cooked him a big meal and she said, honey, how was the meal? And he said, it don't get no better than this because you won't let it. <laughs> I figure he probably rocked around with knots on top of his head biggest part of the time, right? A lot of people live their lives that way as Christians. A lot of people walk through their everyday life thinking, you know what, it don't get no better than this because the world won't let it get no better than this. You know what the Bible says about that? In the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible says that we can be confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in me will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have an option, guys. We have a, a decision to make. We can walk through life with an attitude of it don't get no better than this. Or we can walk through life going, you know what? God's working on me. And he's going to keep working on me, and I'm going to keep getting better. Because what God works on is perfect. What God works on is good stuff. Did you see the, the picture that the Holy Spirit was allowed me to use? I, I've never seen it. And one of these days, by the grace of God and by his help, I'm going to go there. That's Alaska. And those lights that are flashing in the background, that's the Aurora Borealis. It's one of the most incredible, beautiful things on planet Earth, guys. It, it's precious. It's the creation of the hand of Almighty God. Now listen, if my God can cause northern lights to flash in the night sky, what can He do in the life of a child of God who sold out to Him? I may just be a burned out light bulb right now, but you better hang on because God's working on me. 
And my life's going to keep getting better, and my life's going to keep getting better, and my life's going to keep getting better because Jesus came to increase the quality of my life, not decrease the quality of my life. Some things I want to share with you tonight about increasing the quality of our life. How do we go about doing that? How can we increase the quality of our life? Well, the first thing I see is this. We can do it by living in the provision of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10 again. The Bible said, The thief comes except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. Praise God, Jesus Christ came to bring us abundant life. How many want to live an abundant life in Jesus tonight? Many of you will remember a few years ago, some of you may or may not, you may have not have been in Oklahoma during that time, but I, I remember it vividly, the ice storm of several years ago. How many can remember when the ice storm came through, right? Man, what a horrible time for us as a state. Many... Many people went for several days without electricity. I, I remember our home when we lived there in Muskogee. The, we went for nine days without electricity in our house. We had a generator. We would uh, keep it full of gasoline. And, and I had to keep adding oil to it because it burned it as much as it burned the gasoline. And, and I, I kept that generator running. It was just enough, Brother Rick, to keep the squirrel cage running on the furnace. We, we had gas up there in northeastern Oklahoma for the furnace. And so we could keep the house warm. But it wasn't enough to keep the hot water tanker running, you know. And so uh, we were warm inside the house, and I think we could even run the television set. But hallelujah. hallelujah. We didn't do without nothing. We had TV, right? But we couldn't take a shower. I never spent so much time calling people going, Hey, can my wife come to your house and take a shower? She's kind of getting kind of fresh, if you know what I mean. So. Spent a lot of time in other people's shower during that time frame. The, the weight of the ice was what caused the, the, the limbs on the trees to fall down on the, the power lines. And, and it caused many of the power lines to be broken off. Uh, most of the power lines run from the pole directly into the house. They didn't go underground. And so, uh, therefore, when those limbs would fall and they'd fall on those power lines, it would knock the power off to people's houses. Uh, many people went for uh, at least a couple of weeks, and uh, it was the top story during that time, especially where we lived at, of uh, people being without electricity, how it affected homes and businesses. It was in the newspaper, it was on the television set, and uh, the cleanup efforts that were going on, and how many people still were without electricity on this day, and how many people were without electricity on that day, and, and they would interview people. Have you ever noticed... When they interview somebody about a tornado or an ice storm, they look for the biggest hillbilly from the farthest back in the woods that they can possibly find. Well, it sounded just like a train coming through. I heard it. It was. So, it was me in the interview process. I'm just. They interviewed people. They talked to them about being without electricity in their home and how it had affected them and. And it was pretty neat to listen to, quite honestly. But you know what I never heard any of those people ever say? I never heard any of them say, you know what? We're so much better off without electricity. Uh, you know, when, when they get it all turned on every place, I think we're just going to leave ours off because life has been so much better without electricity at our house. 
Nobody ever said that. Why? Because they knew what it was like to live with electricity and they would know what it would be like to be without electricity. Sometimes people call you still yet today and say, hey, the electricity's off at my house. What's going to happen to my refrigerator? <laughs> we don't want to do without something we know is good for us, right? Are you here? Once we know electricity, man, isn't it good to have lights on in here tonight? Man, isn't it good to have the heat on in here tonight? Isn't it good to have a, a nice warm house to go home to tonight, right? It's good to have electricity. And once we know how good it is to have it, we don't want to ever do without it again. Church, I submit to you tonight, it's exactly the same when it comes to the provision of Jesus Christ. Once we have tasted and seen how good He is to us, why would anybody ever want to do without Him again? How many would agree tonight the greatest increase in the quality of life comes from the provision that Jesus Christ offers to us, right? Amen. Jesus says in verse 10 that the very reason he came was to bring life and life more abundantly. Or in other words, Jesus said, I've come to provide for you. What did he come to provide for me? He came to provide a removal of the sin that was in my life. In John chapter 3 verse 17, the Bible said God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came to bring the provision of salvation. How many understand we ought to live in the provision of salvation every day of our lives? Too many on again, off again believers, y'all. Too many people who saved on Monday or Sunday, but they're lost again on Monday morning when they go back to work. Too many people walk the aisle, say the prayer, and say, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, but they go right back to living in sin again. If we want to live a life of abundance, if we want to increase the quality of our life, we might want to live in the provision of salvation. But how many understand the provision of, of Jesus doesn't end at salvation? He also provided healing for our bodies. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, By His stripes we were healed. In other words, it's past tense. He's already paid the price. Listen, we need to start walking in the healing power of Jesus Christ. Too many people declare their sickness instead of declaring their healing. Brother Hubert, we're overcome by the words of our mouth, are we not? We trap ourselves. We snare ourselves by the words that flow out of our mouth. Oh, I'm sick and I don't think I'm ever going to get better. Stop declaring your sickness. It's not your sickness. It's an attack of the enemy. Call it what it is. It doesn't belong to you. Get it off your life. Get it off your body and declare, my body may not recognize it. My eyes may not see it. But I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. He provided my salvation. He provided my healing. He provided so that I would never be alone again. My wife ran off on me again this weekend, y'all. She got off work Friday night and went up there to Sapalpa to see that bald-headed kid. You'd think she'd have one bald-headed kid here. She'd be fine with that. He celebrated four months this last week, and them cheeks are getting fat and roly-poly and laughing and cutting up and carrying on and, and she thinks every free moment she's got she's got to go up there to see him which means it's the bachelor party at my house <laughs> I get to eat stuff that I normally wouldn't eat I watched a whole Batman movie on Friday night without her going who is that what are they doing 
What? What's? What's that mean? Who is? Who's that character? Oh, yeah, I think he did an outstanding job in that role. It's Batman, for pity's sake. Come on. You ever read a comic book in your life? Not only did I, did I have the opportunity to watch things that she wouldn't necessarily agree with watching in her house, but, but I also got to eat some good stuff. Anybody ever been to the other side of the tracks over there? There's a little joint called Sam's Southern Eatery. They've got a plate that's got three pieces of catfish and three shrimp and three chicken strips. Only if you've ever been to Sam's, they don't just give you three. They'll always give you a four and a four and a four. And when Vonda's home, I'll say, well, honey, uh, that's so I can have some left over for breakfast the next day. She wasn't home and there wasn't none left over for breakfast the next day. And french fries and red beans and rice. Hallelujah. But you know, once the catfish was gone, and once the movie was over, I reached across that table to, to grab my girlfriend's hand, to hold hands with her, and she wasn't nowhere to be found. <laughs> Out with another fella. Yeah. Kind of lonely. You know, that, that house is it's too big for one person. Really, it's too big for two people, but it's too big for one person. Yeah. And, and it gets awful quiet, and it gets awful lonely when you're there by yourself. But you know what? The Lord said, I'll not leave you as orphans. Right. I'm not going to make you be lonely. I'm going to come to you in those still moments. I'll be a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and I'll make a deposit of my spirit inside of you. He gave us the good gift of the Holy Ghost as a provision to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, and so that we'd never, ever, ever be alone. Man, I want to walk in the provision of Jesus every day. I don't want to ever step outside the provision of my Savior. I don't want to ever think that I can do it on my own. I don't want to ever think that I've got more intellect and knowledge than God does. Why? Because I need my life to go up and not down. I'm here to tell you tonight that He's still pouring out His provision. I'm here to tell you tonight that He still is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's still a healer. He's still a savior. He's still a redeemer. He's still the very best friend a guy could ever have. And if we'll live a life in His provision, your life can go from here to up here. Your life will always go up if you live under the provision of Jesus Christ. A lot of people think they got too much to give up. They're, they're going to lose so much if they live with Christ. Listen, life only gets better under Jesus, never worse. How do we increase the quality of our life? We live in Jesus' provision. Another way we can increase the quality of our life is this. We live in surrender to Jesus Christ every day. Book of Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11. The word says, Therefore God also has highly exalted Him, Jesus, and called Him uh, and given Him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of Jesus, to the glory of God the Father. How many would agree tonight Jesus Christ is Lord? He's Lord. To understand His Lordship is to live in surrender. Let me say it again. To understand His Lordship is to live a life of surrender. 
It's not my will. It's not my desire. It's not my thoughts. It's you, God. I surrender my everything. I surrender my mind. I surrender my body. I surrender my soul. I surrender my spirit. To understand the Lordship of Jesus Christ is to live a life of surrender to Jesus Christ. And to surrender to Jesus Christ increases the quality of your life. Can I tell you tonight, everybody's going to serve somebody. Are you here? Everybody's going to serve somebody. You're either going to serve the devil or you're going to serve the Lord. Really, when it comes to serving somebody and living in surrender and submission, there's only two avenues. There's only two ways of going. You're either going to serve the devil or you're going to serve God, right? Oh, I'm not, I'm not serving the devil. I, I just am going to do what I want to do. Really? Well, let's, let's consider that statement just for a moment. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm just going to continue what, to do what my flesh motivates me to do. I'm just going to continue to do what my thoughts thinks are the best for me. Instead of doing what God thinks is the best for me or what God wants for me in my life, I'm going to do what I want in my life. Well, who's really the ruler over your flesh and your mind if you're following after it instead of after God? Jesus teaches and tells us that He loves us and He wants good for us. The sad truth is there's a lot of people out there who want to, the good stuff that Jesus has for them. They, they want the provision. They want to know Him as Savior. They want to know Him as healer. They want to know Him as baptizer. But they do not want to know Him as Lord over their life. Many people want to get out a hell-free card, but they don't want to submit to His authority over their life. Many will live a life and never truly submit to Jesus. Oh, they'll attend church. They'll, they'll teach a Sunday school class. They'll, they'll change diapers in the nursery. They'll, they'll do things in the church, but, but they've never genuinely submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. How can you say that, preacher? How do you know that, preacher? Because when a person has truly surrendered and submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it's no longer about their will. Now it's about the will of God over their lives. Many people struggle and fight their entire life against the will of God. Man, I was so impressed with that young man today when he said he would submit his life unto God to go to Israel. Man, let me tell you something. That's a huge, tremendous, bold step of faith to take his four baby girls and his beautiful bride all the way across the, uh, the ocean to go minister in the location that God's called them to. When most people, Brother Bobby, are afraid to stand up at Walmart and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Father, help us be submissive unto your will and not our will. God, help us be submissive to your plan and not our plan. Listen, the quality of life can only increase tenfold when we will submit ourselves unto the will of God. He's not going to take us down. He's going to take us up. Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 28, if we'd come to Him, if we're heavy laden and, and full of labor, He would give us rest. Come on, that sounds like going up and not down to me. How about you? He wants to make our lives better. But the first thing we got to do is give it to Him. Here, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you. But hang on. I'll keep this part. But the rest of it you can have. God, I'm going to surrender my life to you, but these pages here, I'm going to keep them for myself. Listen, it's all or nothing with God. 
it's all or nothing. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what God's will for your life really is? You know, we, we showed the pictures of all those stars and, you know, each and every one of them, God has a specific will for every one of them stars, right? Every one of those stars, he has a specific plan. And so I look down the front row and there's Ethan and three beautiful ladies. Not that you're not beautiful in your own way. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it to come out that way. There's an old ugly hairy-legged boy and some pretty girls, you know. But he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. Every one of us. And here's the thing about the plan of God. It doesn't end when we hit a particular age. Grandma Betty's probably our, our senior in the room tonight. God's still got a plan for Grandma Betty. I believe that with all my heart. How do you know that, preacher, that he's got a plan for her just as much as he's got a plan for, for Cambry? Mm -hmm. I know he's got a plan for every one of us, and I know he's still got a plan for, for all, uh, no matter what age we're at, because when the plan ends, guess what? We get to promote into heaven. Yeah. I've accomplished my will through them. <laughs> Lord, it is finished. You know, when Jesus prayed in that garden, and great great drops of blood as sweat fell from his brow the words that Jesus prayed were not my will but thy will be done he was praying for the father for that cup to pass from him Lord I don't necessarily want to have to go to that cross I don't necessarily want to have to endure that beating on my body but Lord not my will but your will be done wow you think about his submission to the will of the Father and how submissive we are. Do you know that because of the submission of Jesus Christ to the will of God the Father that His life increased, the life of Jesus actually got better and that manifested power of, of a good life flowed from generation to generation to generation. Our lives got better because of the submission of Jesus Christ to the will of God the Father. Now bring it home on a personal basis. How much better can our lives be when we'll submit ourselves under the will of Jesus Christ? Lord, I'm willing to do what you tell me to do. I'm willing to go where you tell me to go. Lord, I'll take part in that ministry you called me to. Lord, I'll surrender my time. God, I'll surrender my finances. God, I surrender my body. God, I surrender my mind. Uh, yes, Lord, I'll do the things that you're giving me the unction to do. God, here am I, a willing servant. Use me for your glory. A young man talked about his call this morning. <laughs> and I've told you guys countless times. I sat in that altar and I prayed, Lord, I don't know what it is you're calling me to do, but I know you're calling me. And God, i got two strong arms. I've got strong legs and i got a strong back. And God, if you want me to go to Africa and build churches, just let me at it. My wife was praying, God, please let this pass. <laughs> Take this cup from him. I never thought in a million years that God would call me to be a pastor. There's no way. I was too rough and I was too rowdy and I liked the outdoors too much and I really liked to fight when I was a younger man. I think that's why God called me to be a pastor is because I got a little bit of fight in me. 
ain't scared. I sure couldn't talk. My pastor had called on me, Ethan, to pray over the offering. It, we'd, we'd get ushers. We took offerings back then. And my pastor was a lot better at Janiah, but anyway. <laughs> I'd be standing about middle of the aisle right here, and pastor, if, if you made the mistake of not making eye contact with him, that's who he was going to call on to pray. And so I was doing everything I could not to catch his attention, and he called on me one Sunday morning to pray over the offering. And you think I'm a blubber bag crybaby now? You, you should have seen me back when. I couldn't get through praying over the offering without bawling my head off. Because of the weight of the Holy Spirit and the acknowledgement of the call that He placed upon my life, it wasn't until I submitted to the call of God on my life that I really understood what life was about. And the quality of my life got better. So how do we live a life that's increasing in quality, continue? We live a life and surrender to the will and the plan of Almighty God. Yes. One more thing I want to share with you tonight about how we can increase the quality of life, and that's this. Y'all better hang on to your seats a minute. We need to live when and where Jesus places us. Amen. Look with me at Psalms 139, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know my setting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and have laid your hand upon me. For such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Amen. The psalmist says, God, you know everything about me. Amen. God, you know my lying down and my rising back up. God, you know me from afar off. You know the thoughts that are in my mind. The psalmist says, God, such knowledge is too wonderful for me to even comprehend. Jeremiah said it like this. He said, before I, before I formed you, I knew you. Uh, the Lord was speaking to the prophet and said, while you're still in your mother's womb, before I formed you in your mother, I knew you, Jeremiah. <laughs> God knows you. Brother Joey, God knows everything about you. He knows our rising up and our lying back down. He knows our going out from our coming back in. God knows everything about us. If he knew Jeremiah that well, he knows us that well. Amen. And I believe he's also a God who loves us. Amen. He is the God who wants good stuff for us. Amen. He's a God who wants our lives to go up and not down. He always wants us increasing and not decreasing. The word says that he placed a hedge around us and his hand is upon us. Yes. So let's put all this together. A God who knows me that well. A God who cares about me. Come on, amen. He's putting my feet on the path He wants them to be on, isn't He? Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And He delights in all His ways. Yeah. God wants good for me. He knows me. Yes. He knows the desires of my heart. Right. He knows the things that keep me awake at night. He knows the things that bug me. He knows the things that cause me to be angry. And He's ordered my footsteps. Which means, 
I am right where God wants me to be right now. You are right where God wants you to be right now. If you were outside of the will of God, I believe God would let you know you're outside of the will of God. If we weren't where God wanted us to be, guess what? He'd put a foot in our tail and say, hey, it's time to do something different. We are where God wants us to be. So how do I increase the, the quality of my life with that understanding? Well, if I'm where I'm supposed to be right now, then I better just enjoy the moment that I'm living in right now. <clears throat> Far too many of us, and I, I'll include myself in this sometimes, are always thinking about somewhere down the road. Some other day, some better time, some better place, some better thing. Oh, when I get grandbabies. Oh, when, 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 when Josie finds a husband. <laughs> Father God, I pray for a husband for my youngest child. Please. She's praying for it. I better pray for it too, honey. Boyfriend first. That'd be good, yes. Lord, when I get a, another son-in-law. God, when, when, my, when my little grandson gets to be old enough to take hunting and fishing. When he gets to be old enough to, to take out in the garage and show him all them deer horns. When my little baby gets to be this size, or, or when I get to that place, or, or when we have enough money, or, or when we do this, or when we do that, somewhere down the road. And we're always rubbernecking something better. We're always thinking about a better place and a better thing instead of enjoying the moment and the place where God planted us. Man, we got to be where God put us and we got to enjoy the time that God has given us because here's the truth, y'all. No moment is guaranteed. The book of James says our life is but a mist and a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. You don't know what the next 15 minutes are going to hold, friend. So you better make the most of every opportunity that you have. Tell the people around you that you love them, to, to show them that you care. We need to bloom where God planted us. We need to live until we die. Some people are alive but acting like they're already dead. Are you here? Live until you die. We can't spend our whole lives waiting on someday. We need to live our very best life in the right here and in the right now. We need to live when and we need to live where Jesus has planted us, where He has placed us. You are where you're supposed to be for a purpose and for a reason. God has anointed your feet and put them on the path they're supposed to go. And if you believe the wholeness of the Word of God, then you need to live in the moment where God's put you. Oh, one of these days. Man, when I get it all figured out, I'll do it then. When I've got all the answers, then I'll, then I'll jump out there and do something. Yeah, you keep waiting until you have all the answers. A lot of people think they got all the answers. that jumped out there and did something and fell on their face because they weren't going where God placed them in the time God placed them in. But if you'll follow God, you'll never fail. Amen. Well, when I get enough money, then I will. Well, when I've got everybody's approval... I hope you're not planning on doing nothing for God and expecting everybody's approval. Those two things will never go in together. When all the stars are in alignment, when things get better, when the economy turns around, <laughs> when we get a different president in the White House, then I will. 
Listen, we need to live when and where God placed us today. Today is too valuable. Make the most of today while it's still called today. Because tomorrow will be too late to do today's things. Tomorrow will be a brand new day with its own issues and its own problems and its own worries. Take care of today while you're in today. Life gets better if we'll allow it to. How you doing today, Bill? Well, it don't get no better than this because they won't let it. You know what? With Jesus, every day can be a better day. And the quality of life can always go up as long as we'll live in His provision, as long as we'll live in surrender, and as long as we live in the where and the when that He places us. Worship team, come help you, Pastor, tonight, please. You bow your heads with me tonight across this room. My precious Father, God, we're nothing without you. God, we're empty and devoid of even breath without you. You are the very breath we breathe. You're the the air in our lungs. God, you are the very heartbeat within our chest. Jesus, I believe that you left the the portals, the glory of heaven. a, A place where you were worshipped and adored continuously to come to this earth to make a better way for all of us. You came not to condemn the world, but that through you the world might be saved. Thank you that your provision is salvation and healing and the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, for the provision that you have for us. May we live and abide under that provision daily. Lord, may we live in surrender. Lord, I think some people have the mistaken idea that, that once we're free, that we're just free forever and ever and, and we can do whatever we want to do and say whatever we want to say and act how we want to act. Lord, your grace is all sufficient. But Lord, if I'm living a surrendered life unto you, then Lord, I surrender my mouth and I surrender my mind and I surrender my body and I surrender my finances and I surrender my marriage and I surrender my children. I, I surrender my all to you, Lord. It's everything. I'm all in. I am a slave unto you, Lord. I am not my own. I belong to you. I've been bought at a high price. I surrender. Lord, I will live in the where and I will live in the when. I want to live for you right now today. I'm not going to wait to preach a better sermon for a different church in a different location. I'm not going to wait to serve these people better for another day when things are better. God, I'm going to serve them with all that I have right here, right now. God, I'm giving you my everything. Lord, you put us here. All of us. May we live in the moment and make the most of every day that you've blessed us with. God, increase the quality of these people's lives from the front and to the back, from the right and to the left. You take us up and not down. For your name's sake, for your glory, for your praise. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed with eyes closed, just for a second. I want to ask you always about your relationship to Jesus. If you're here tonight, if you're in this room and you've never made Him your personal Lord and Savior, this is your time, this is your moment, this is the the knock on the heart's door. 
He's wooing you. He's calling you by way of the Holy Spirit. If you're in this place, you say, Brother Gary, I need Jesus to save my soul. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to make you feel out of place. But if that's you and you'd just like someone to pray with you tonight, would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you. Or Sister Vonda will come and pray with you anywhere in this room. Pastor, that's me. church family my brothers and my sisters I know sometimes we get the thought or the idea that you know my life isn't so bad I've got it pretty good I've got a nice home I've got a nice vehicle I've got this I've got that I've God's good to me and that's good enough You know, as good as we may think we have it sometimes, the Lord came to make that even better. With the abundance we live under, God came to make even our abundance even more. <laughs> so why would we forego living with electricity? Why would we forego living in God's provision and, and increasing the quality of our lives? Oh, I'm good. Just leave me alone. No problem. I, everything's good here. Move along. No. Lord, I want all that you have for me. If you're here tonight, you'd say, man, Pastor, I want the quality of my life to get better. I want my life to increase. Would you, just by a, a, a sign of saying, yes, I want it to increase, would you stand with me tonight? Here's the good news. He said, we have not because we ask not. And he also said if we'd ask in faith in his name, anything was possible. And so here's what I challenge you tonight as the worship team begins to sing, to find a place. Say, Lord, just increase my life, the quality thereof, however you see fit. Find your place tonight, please, and spend it in prayer. God bless you as you seek the Lord.
he makes it better and better and better and better. I trust him. Yes. Always keep working on it. Sometimes it looks great and sometimes it doesn't look so good. But the knowledge that he's working on it makes it all okay. No matter how high or how low it may be. He's got it. He's got it. One of our sisters is home tonight not feeling well. We're going to conclude service tonight just a little bit different. So Brother Allen has, has brought a, a prayer cloth uh, for Sister Faith. And I'd like to ask as many who wouldn't mind to, to come and gather. We're going to pray. Uh, anoint this thing with some oil. And uh, believe our sister to, to feel her quality uh, to improve. And so, Sister Julie, would you lead us in another course or two, please? upon them all. God, cause their lives to go up and never down. Bless them, Lord, and use them for the glory of your kingdom. God, that people may see and know that there is a God and that He loves us so very much. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. God bless you.